You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Thursday, it's broadcasting the boys' time here. I'm blogging the boys, and I'm wearing blue. Roy's wearing blue. Uh, that just keeps it consistent with the uh, with the bees. Blogging the boys, broadcasting the boys, blue shirts, blue button, badger. I'm trying to looking at me like I'm like I'm not speaking English. Roy, Roy White, Ari Temkin. I don't know about you. Blue's my best color. Is it? Yeah. Do you think so, or does your wife think so? Because I think it's an important thing, right? Both do. Okay, that's good. Then that then that then it's consensus. Roy, I'll be honest. You're you're a gorgeous man. You look good in any color. Uh, but that's that's a it's, it's a good shirt. To me, it depends on the shade. I feel like. And. Um... True. <laughs> well, baby blue is one of my favorite colors, so that helps. Roy White, Ari Tepkin, broadcasting the boys, and we are tasked with the final roster cut down here. We almost we have the roster now on the Blogging the Boys Network at 37. Love what we're doing, by the way. If you haven't been following thus far, starting with Monday's Blogging the Boys podcast, we you are been following along. Where the f have you been? Sorry, 100. percent No, I echo that statement. Uh, if you haven't been following along, though, starting this week on Monday, episode uh, with Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. They started things, and we have run down the entire offense, and now we're on to the back end of the defensive side of the ball. So if you're just tuning into this episode for the first time, make sure you go back and listen to the other episodes, piece them all together, and you will have what we believe collectively will be the Cowboys' 53-man roster. Now, it's important to note that traditionally by this time of the year, we have already seen these players in some capacity and could then therefore be able to sort of disseminate and distinguish some of these battles. But at this point, we're just sort of going off of what we know, what we expect, and then perhaps some surprise guys that, that could push for roster spots based on what we've heard. But Roy, I mean, this is, we're flying blind in many ways this year. Whereas, you know, in previous off seasons, when OTAs happen, you're kind of able to gauge and, and get a pretty good idea of what these guys are going to look like and what the, what the true battles are going to be. Well, we may be, but as we've discussed on this podcast before, I think the tiers of players throughout pretty, this yeah, team yeah. are pretty well established. Yeah, you know, I agree. Typically with one of the units we're going to look at in this podcast, I don't think it's going to be much of an argument at all as to the players that are going to be involved. It's just going to be a question of what the number is going to look like for that set. Uh, for for that group, uh, for that personnel group. But, you know, to be honest with you, for that group, I, I don't foresee many issues at all. Uh, for the back end of the defense, that's where things could get interesting. Now, 
it's worth noting that the Cowboys have already made some a couple of cuts. You know, as we've seen basically since 2017, the team goes from 90 to 53, 90 to start training camp, and then 53 to cut. And that's, you know, previously before 2017, Roy, there's multiple cut down periods, but they, they did away with that in 2017. But now because of COVID-19, the roster has to be trimmed from 90 to 80 by the start of practice, which is August 17th. Um, and I believe there's already been two cuts made, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of cuts um, that were made earlier today, um, or rather earlier on, on Wednesday, I should say. And um, I'll have those names for you in a second while you try to fill some time while I try to find those names for you. Well, uh, you know, not necessarily looking at the cuts, but looking at the position groups we're going to look at. Um, we're going to be looking at linebackers and the secondary. Um, and that is quite an awful lot, I think, to be responsible for between you and I. Because, um, well, I mean, of, of course groups, they would give us that heavy responsibility, right? Let's be honest here. It couldn't be anybody else. Uh, one of those groups is going, well, I dare say maybe both of those groups is coming off of a season where a lot of people believe they underperformed of what they were capable of, of what their talent said perhaps they should have delivered. Um, one of those units didn't really get any upgrades in the offseason, and yet the expectations are still sky high for them to be met. The other group got a pair of injections, uh, but also lost arguably the most important piece of the defense in Byron Jones. So I'm really excited and interested to hear what you might have to say particularly when you consider that this defensive scheme may involve a little 3-4 action as well as both Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan have alluded to, and their history suggests that they will utilize. Uh, all right. Um, so Jordan Chun and um, Garrett Marino, two players that were cut. Chun had been around this, this organization, was definitely part of the previous regime. Running back, he's, he's officially been cut. One of the guys who most certainly would have made this roster uh, from the defensive backfield is Maurice Kennedy, who was a signing by the Cowboys this offseason. He has voluntarily opted out of playing in, in 2020 because of COVID-19. So has the uh, undrafted free agent rookie wide receiver Stephen Guidry out of Mississippi State. Um, so your, your roster goes from 90 to 86, so six more cuts before August 17th. Uh, but let's go ahead and cut down the rest of this roster Roy and I mean let's start with linebackers last year the Cowboys kept six linebackers um, and I mean every one of those linebackers is still on this roster and I don't know I mean we could look at the coaching staff uh, the linebacker position but I mean Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee, Joe Thomas, Justin March and Luke Gifford were the six linebackers they kept last year will that stay the same do you think It'll change. Do you think they'll add, have seven linebackers make this roster, Roy? Well, I think you kind of laid it out. Um, you know, regardless of, of who the new coaches that have been brought in for this position, like the experience on the wall smacks you in the face. You have six guys that have basically been a part of this locker room right. and linebacker room for the last three years, and then you have three young kids – that are just trying to make an impact in the NFL in their first go around through it. So um, it is worth mentioning, at least talking about the new linebackers coach. Uh, Scott McCurley is a guy who basically came up in Green Bay under Mike McCarthy, 
uh, took an assistant's job with him and then worked his way up into a linebacker's coach position. When McCarthy was fired in 2018, McCurley had an opportunity to become a statistical analyst with LSU. He would have actually won himself a national title had he taken that role. But instead, he decided to take the year off and join Mike McCarthy as a part of the offseason McCarthy project in which they researched the innovative ways in which coaches in both college football and the NFL around the country were utilizing guys in different types of schemes. So interesting. I find that incredibly interesting that here's a guy who had so much faith in Mike McCarthy's ability as a coach that he for that he forewent, foregoed an opportunity to be on what was eventually the national champions. Imagine the type of platform that would have put this guy on. And yet he felt it was the better move to stick with Mike McCarthy in the off season. And no doubt he probably gained a lot of experience in that regard in terms of the innovation and things that they studied. So that's worth at least keeping in mind when you look at this linebacker group and, and might they move some guys along the defensive line, you know, Alden Smith, will we consider him a, a linebacker in some right. sets this season as he was with the 49ers, um, an outside linebacker in a potentially three, four look. Yeah, I, I, I could see that happening, but, um, but all of this, I suppose is to, to paint the picture around what I think ultimately will be the six players that you mentioned. Yeah. Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, your two starting linebackers. Sean Lee, obviously, first in line in the event that they play three linebackers on the field as well. He's obviously out there. And then Justin March, Joe Thomas, and Luke Gifford, who, you know, has kind of just had a bad break the last couple seasons. Uh, 2019, he got a little bit banged up, and then he wound up getting hurt. Uh, against the Rams and missed the entire season. But if you remember, he had that interception in the preseason against the 49ers. Right. He was the preseason darling last year for sure. Was really excited about, yeah. And, I mean, he's a guy that can contribute on special teams as well. You are going to need some players like that. So I think this linebacker group has three of them in March, Thomas and Gifford. And I think they will ultimately keep these six. Are there any guys that you're looking at um, that make you feel differently about that than I do? Yeah, you know, so – Gifford certainly, I think. I mean, I, I would say for the purposes of this exercise, that six is, I'd say that's pretty good. The question is, do we add anybody? And there's two undrafted free agents that come to mind. One is Azur Kamara, the undrafted free agent out of Kansas. The other is Francis Bernard, uh, the undrafted free agent out of Utah, who went to BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a really accomplished and really talented linebacker. The the difference is Bernard is more of a polished, you know, three-down type linebacker. Azur Kamara is, and I want to overuse this, but he's the type of guy that can play kind of at all three levels of your defense. He's definitely undersized as a pass rusher at 6'4", 235 pounds, but he was a good pass rusher at Kansas. Um, but a guy that certainly can play in your secondary, a lot of upside. Um, you know, I this is going to be a weird year because – Without preseason games, there's not much tape to go off of for opposition. So you sort of wonder if some of these undrafted free agents you could sneak, you know, onto your practice squad. But I mean, at this point, let's say those are your six, and then maybe I mean, would we add a Azur Kamara or we add a Francis Bernard? Well, 
I mean, you're just glossing over Ladarius Hamilton, the North Texas standout, like he's not even on your roster or like <laughs> not even on your depth chart, man. You're talking about a guy who had seven and a half sacks in each of the past two seasons for that North Texas mean green up there in Denton, baby. And that's uh, just in 24 games over the past two seasons. So 15 sacks in 24 games at the conference USA level. And <laughs> just, don't just overlook that. He's, he's actually listed on the Cowboys roster as a defensive end. Yeah, I don't agree. Um, yeah, well, again, this, the, the versatility, that's why um, this exercise is fun. And I love that we're doing it. But we almost should be you know, collaborating a little bit more in terms of how right. some of these players are going to get used in multiple roles especially on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, it's a little bit more cut and dry, certainly. But on the defensive side of the ball, there's a half dozen guys that could potentially either play an outside linebacker position in a 3-4 or that could potentially play safety or multiple quarterback positions. Yep, yep. All right. Um, Okay, so let's come back to linebackers. I think we both agree six guys at the least, and maybe that sixth could be replaced by Kamara or Bernard. Well, I do but, think I, – I, I will say I think six guys at most Okay. out of those – Do you see Kamara or Bernard perhaps giving Gifford a run for his money? Uh, I mean, again, these guys have got such an uphill battle to climb because they're not going to have as many looks to have an opportunity to impress coaches. Yeah. And what do coaches fall back on when they're faced with many, many unknowns? They fall back on the tape that they do have. And they have tape on six of these guys. They don't have tape on three of them outside of what they've done at the collegiate level. That is a massive, massive roadblock to me for a trio of undrafted free agents to try to overcome in less than a month's time in a situation where, quite frankly, they won't have more than a dozen opportunities to show on the field what they can do. And, oh, by the way, none of those opportunities will come in, in an actual game type of action. Yeah. Undrafted free agents, unfortunately, they're facing a much steeper climb than any undrafted free agents have probably ever faced in the history of the league because of the circumstances we're dealing with outside of it. All right, let's come back to it. I would say uh, you're right. Six roster spots for linebackers. Perhaps an intriguing camp battle to watch is Gifford, Kamara, and Bernard for mm. perhaps that final linebacker spot. Okay, defensive backs. Last year they kept ten. Obviously different from the linebacker situation. They've lost a you know they've lost a good chunk of that defensive back uh, field. Byron Jones, Jeff Heath, Kayvon Frazier, three guys that made last year's roster that are obviously not going to be making this year's roster. Um, so, I mean, let's start with the coaching staff. Um, you mentioned Scott McCurley is the linebackers coach, and then there is, um, you know, two defensive back coaches in Al Harris and Maurice Linguist. What do you know about don't those know two? Don't know a lot about either. Um, that pregnant pause told me everything I need to know. I thought you had a good, thought you'd have a good Al Harris story. Yeah. So uh, I, I. I wish I did have a good Al Harris story. The thing I remember about Maurice Linguist uh, came from Texas A&M. Yep. It, there was a big social media hubbub when he made his announcement. I can't remember what it was over, um, perhaps the excitement or perhaps in the way that he made his announcement. 
Um, he did it in kind of a an interesting fashion. I mean, obviously, Al Harris, we recognize the name as having been a, you know, spectacular player in his time. Um, linguist, also a former safety, didn't know or remember much about his playing time. Yeah. Um, from Mesquite. Yes. And, you know, Dallas native, college ball, Baylor, he's been all over the state of Texas and all over this area. So there's some familiarity, I guess, with how things roll around here. Um, The excitement, I suppose, that most Cowboys fans probably have is in Al Harris and the hope that he can somehow instill a ball hawking mentality into a secondary that has quite frankly struggled in that regard. I I think this area is the most intriguing in the entire Cowboys roster. Al Harris, I mean, as a player, he's known as a ball hawker, right? I mean, just an aggressive press type player, physical. Maurice Linguist, when we spoke with him, um, when the new coaches came in to meet with the media, he, he mentioned ball hawking in terms of his style multiple times. That's, that's the type of, of defensive philosophy that this secondary is going to have, Roy. And, and it's a 180 degrees away from what they had been. This, this is a defense that was bend but don't break. It was play off. You know, it was, it, it, it was keep everything in front of you. Uh, this is going to be a completely different animal. They're, they're going to press. They're going to play up. They're going to be physical. Um, and they are, they're, going to, they're, going to, they're going to take some chances. They're going to, they're going to be ball-hawking type players. And, it's again, it's a welcome departure from a philosophy that the Cowboys have had for, I don't know, since Rod Marinelli came, since, I mean, Monty Kiffin was here. Um, it's sort of been that, that same bend but don't break Tampa 2 to kind of shell style that they've had they're now departing from. And so I'm very curious to see as they welcome in a, a new crop of young players, um, as they try to, you know, see what they have in some of these younger, young players that are, you know, coming up on contracts, Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown. Um, so it, this is a very interesting year for this group going with a massive change. And, you know, perhaps the the biggest question mark as a unit uh, on the entire football team. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's easy for Cowboys fans to get excited about the changes that might come. But, you know, we kind of got out in front of things, you know, when Chris Richard was brought here from the Legion of Boom. Right, which plays that style supposed to orchestrate an entirely new style of defense and and who knows how much he was handcuffed um by the overall scheme there were definitely wins that came out of the Cowboys locker room and from players that said they were taught one specific type of way to play corner and were told they weren't allowed to play outside of that style um so again I I can understand Cowboys fans being excited about Harris and Linguist but um you know, especially when Harris, while where Harris is concerned, I get much more excited. I would be much more excited if we were getting prime Al Harris than I, <laughs> I am knowing that Al Harris is secondary's coach, the secondary coach, because, you know, the same guys are still there. Um, really, this is more about will, will Trayvon Diggs and will Reggie Robinson uh, step up into positions of, of being key pieces of this defense and maybe show that they're better than the guys 
who have been playing the position for the last couple of years. So we have room for 10 roster spots here now. And I'm glad you said, like, I mean, I don't necessarily always like grouping it secondary, but with this group specifically, it is best to talk in those terms because when we get it on paper, it could look like we only have two safeties and eight cornerbacks. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Here's the other thing too. And, and you know, this news just came down. So, you know, we'll have to, we're probably gonna have to amend the, the Cowboys 53 because Roy, the, the defensive line group has a glaring omission that is going to make this football team. So yes. when, when that no, guy, no, and we're not talking about Randy Gregory, right? Right. As we, as excited as we once were on this particular podcast, I think with a month left to go, that ship may have sailed. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Right. So Antoine Woods signs. So he's, he's going to make the roster. He was not on our 53 projection, the blog and the boys one that, that um, did defensive line already. He will well, make the roster. That signing hadn't been made right. uh, before they finalized that. So here's my question to you. That, that truly gives us 15 roster spots. Now we're going to go with 16 because that's what we've been tasked with. But let's just, based on what we have, are you keeping 10 defensive backs? Yeah, I think so. So then where are you borrowing another spot from? You know, there's you look at, at this this roster that's been put together by the group here at Blog of the Boys, we just took six linebackers. Does that are we borrowing from linebackers? Yeah, um, I think that's probably gonna have to be the place where I take it from. Um in a league that's transitioning more and more to fewer linebackers and, and more, right. you know, athletic uh cover type of players, you know. We mostly assume in general that the Cowboys aren't ever going to have more than two linebackers on the field for the majority of plays in any given game. Right. So if that's the case, you kind of only need to be two and a half, three deep. Right, that- you, look at, you look at the other positions, it's like, where are you going to cut? Yeah, and, and, and quite frankly, as I look at the names, Gifford probably is the, the odd man out in that scenario. Um, You're not going to keep you, – maybe you keep five receivers, but that sounds crazy. I would also, though, point to the player that Woods might be replacing. Uh, Tristan Hill has failed to impress in any significance uh, – in any significant opportunities that he's gotten. 
You think there's any chance they cut him? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You signed yeah. Gerald. It, you signed Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe. You think those are your two starters? You drafted, you drafted Neville Gallimore in the third round. You saw what he did at Oklahoma. He's at least getting an opportunity to be on this roster. If Antoine Woods is a part of things as well, that's four interior defensive line. Right. And right. a Tyrone Crawford who has experience on the interior and on the outside. To me, Tristan Hill becomes the player that, quite frankly, doesn't give you anything you already don't have. Right. The only reason they'd keep him, I would think, would be because Steven and Jerry would be like, no, 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 we can't. We literally cannot cut him yet. I mean, that's fine, but they were willing to part with Taco, and they yep. took him in the first round, and he was a pass rusher. A high but even he – that was after year three, right? True. True. But Tristan Hill also came in under a different regime. Right. Again, Steven Jones and Jerry, but – he did come in and was evaluated by a completely different regime. If this regime sees him in practice and thinks he is a step or two or a tier or two below what the previous regime thought, then they're not going to have any problem parting ways with him. I don't even based on what the Cowboys did use in the draft to get him. I do think there's a good chance. They will have replaced him in Gallimore. I do think there's a good chance they're gonna they're gonna cut Tyrone Crawford. Um, he, he'd count nine million against the cap if they kept him. Ooh. They they have they free up eight million if they if they cut him. So they only have one million in dead money if they cut him. I mean, um, he was a popular target coming into this offseason as a guy who would potentially be cut and could potentially be cut. But as I look at this thing more and more, unless they had a handshake agreement that said he would come back on a reduced salary, I, I wouldn't cut him. Mm. I wouldn't. Even though it saves you, saves you eight million bucks against the cap. I mean, unless you, unless you know, Everson Griffin is going to come here for that same eight million dollars. Just, just pay Jadavian Clowney the seventeen million, and and then get a compensatory pick after he walks next year. Hmm. All right. So defensive backs. So we agree they're going to keep a minimum of ten, and quite frankly, perhaps they should keep more because there's a lot of inexperience at that position. But I digress. So I well, so I, we got ten. I got seven guarantees. All right. I've got, I've got nine guarantees out of the ten. Okay. All but, right. Who, who are your I'll, seven? I'll give, you, I'll give you one guarantee. You give me a guarantee, and we'll see where we do. <laughs> All okay? right. Cool. Yes. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. Guaranteed. Cheeto. Guaranteed. Anthony Brown. Guaranteed. Jordan Lewis. Guaranteed. <laughs> Xavier Woods. Yep. Trayvon Diggs. Guaranteed. Reggie Robinson. Yep. Okay, so you don't think All right, so we got seven. Seven. I, I, I get I get what you're doing now. You don't think Darian Thompson and Donovan Wilson are guarantees. I don't. Yeah, I mean that's so there's there's I do have them, I do have them written down. I do have them as a part of my secondary. I do have them making this roster. But are they guarantees? No, you're right. Absolutely not. And we could probably throw a third guy in there, which is C.J. Goodwin, who's a guy that the Cowboys have liked. He's been good on special teams. Uh, another another guy. Is, is, in that, is right. in that group of Thompson, Wilson, uh, potentially Daryl Worley, yep. and C.J. Goodwin, who you mentioned, because – 
if you can play Cheeto at safety, if you can play Warley at safety, but you also have Cheeto who has experience as a cornerback, obviously, and Warley who has experience as a starting cornerback with the Raiders a season ago, then you potentially can fill both of those positions and then overload at cornerback, which would give the Cowboys an opportunity, in my opinion, to roll the dice and, and maybe find a diamond in the rough, maybe pick a cornerback off of another team's roster that could improve their secondary substantially more than maybe Darian Thompson or Donovan Wilson will with their limited snaps at the safety position. Yeah. So those are my seven guaranteed. As you, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Xavier Woods as the back end safeties. Cheeto, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Diggs, and Robinson, the two draftees. I think Warley is a pretty good lock to make the team as well. Yeah. Because he has past starting experience. And again, this season, more Versatile. than ever, it's going to matter that you've played in the NFL before. But Thompson and Wilson, I do not consider them I do not consider them to be guarantees. Again, even though I do have them written down. We're conveniently leaving out Chris, Chris Westry, who a lot of people loved. Um, yes. You know, as a talent, we had a lot of friends of ours that were talking up Chris Westry. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who was on the team last year and, and got a, a couple looks last year with the team. So, What about Savion Smith? Another uh, guy that signed this offseason, uh, yeah. former Alabama uh, a player. Yeah, played on uh, the same team as Trayvon Diggs. Um, funny little thing is looking back on Diggs' tape, uh, and, and the reason I looked this up is because they're, they're going to be facing each other at some point this season. He faced off against DK Metcalf one time when Diggs was at Alabama, and – Metcalf was at Ole Miss, and I think I may have told this story on our podcast before. I don't know if you remember it. The first play of the game, DK Metcalf scored a 75-yard touchdown <laughs> against Alabama. It was Ole Miss's only score of the game. Because after that play, Trayvon Diggs defended Metcalf the rest of the game. The cornerback who was on Metcalf for that play, though, Savion Smith. <laughs> so he's cut. You've got Savion. He's cut by any means. Uh, but I am saying, I guess there's a reason he has bounced around and was undrafted out of college, whereas Diggs was a second rounder out of Alabama, and a lot of people think a first round talent. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So I don't think Savion Smith. He'll have an opportunity. Right. Being a former Alabama kid, don't think he does make the roster though. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, very unlikely that he does. Okay, so we've got now basically three roster spots, right? If we just no four roster, two roster spots. I beg your pardon, because we, I but we agree. Daryl Worthy will make this football team. They signed him in the offseason. He has experience, um, and a guy that is versatile. Uh, there's a role for him on this football team, mm. and unless he just you know unless he just flames out in training camp, um. You know, he'll make this team. I'm trying to think, like, wasn't there – there was a corner that the Cowboys signed a couple of years ago from Philly that did that. Like, it's a guy that everybody thought was going to make the team but didn't because he just he was just dreadful. Uh, yeah, Nolan Carroll. Yes, that's right, Nolan Carroll. $2 million 
right down the drain when they cut him before the season even started. <laughs> Great signing. But I don't think Worley fits into that category, so he, he makes the roster. So it comes down to two final spots. And you mentioned at the start of this, you might be keeping two safeties. So where are you going here? Are you going Donovan Wilson, Darian Thompson? Are you, are you going to go Goodwin? Are you going, where, where are you going here? There's one more name that I think is worth mentioning, and uh, that's because he's a local kid from Garland. Illinois State defensive back Luther Kirk the fourth. Yes, um, big fan of him. Was a big lot of, of Luther Kirk. Thought he was one of the top sleepers in the NFL draft. Um, he played really well in the East West Shrine Bowl game. In fact, he was the Shrine Bowl defensive MVP in the game. Uh, collected two tackles and an interception for the West in a losing effort. His profile says that he has the range uh, to play a center field position as a as a free safety safety in the league, and I think if he'd have had more opportunities at game play, he might have been able to do a little bit more damage. He's a name that I'm still interested in because Darian Thompson and Donovan Wilson serviceable, yes, when they have played, but quite frankly, neither has done enough to to surprise me or excite me all that much aside from a few blip plays in the preseason uh, two seasons ago. The thing I like about Kirk too is he's multiple and he's versatile. He's a guy that can also play both free safety and strong safety has experience. Don't always stay playing both of those positions. Yes. I, I, this is one of those where let's go back to the Luke Gifford, Azur Kamara, Francis Bernard conversation where it's like, okay, are they going to go Donovan Wilson, Darian Thompson, or Luther, you know, Luther Kirk, Donovan Wilson, you know what I mean? Like, are they going to go undrafted free agent guy with tons of potential? Or are they going to go the devil you know or the devil you don't know? And, and that's why I said, like, I don't think Thompson or Wilson, I don't think they're locks. Uh, Warley, I think, has a pretty good shot. I think he's 75% because, again, his multiple ability. But a guy like Luther Kirk, with the Shrine Bowl defensive MVP under, under his belt, um, with the particular comment that he made, that I think if Cowboys fans, once they get a hold of this, if it ever, if it makes the rounds or he was able to do something that got people talking about him, Cowboys fans would start getting really excited about Luther Kirk. He spoke with Pro Football Network's Andy Andrew DeSecco, who asked him about his willingness to play the nickel corner spot in the NFL, which right now the Cowboys kind of only have one of those, right, in Jordan Lewis right, that plays the nickel corner spot. Here's his quote said, absolutely. I do got to work on my man technique for sure. But to take it one step further, Kirk was asked about the player in the NFL. He compares his game to the most. He said, I'd say I'm more of a Tyron Matthew type of dude. Wow. And I don't know about you, but ever since Tyron Matthew came out of LSU, ever since he was dubbed the honey badger, ever since he was discarded, in the many different stops he's had up to this point um, before finding home and, and finding himself winning a Super Bowl. Uh, Tyron Matthew is the type of player that I've always wanted on my football team. And if Luther Kirk has any of that in him, I want him on my 53-man roster. Well, and, and what's a word you'd describe his style of play as? Would it be the same word that we've heard from a race linguist? I mean, it's everything is <laughs> – it's all going back to the same word I think you and I keep using about this defense and about what they want. 
versus shock- multiple and ball hawking. And Can ball we shock the world and put Luther Kirk on our football team? I mean, I want to put him in there over over one of those two. And I, I know some people maybe I, I would put him in there over Wilson. If if one of those two has a slight edge, I think Thompson has a slight edge over Wilson. And I just want to get a little bit funky, <laughs> have something to be excited about. And I'm, I'm telling you. Why Wilson, not Thompson? Well, it, I mean, I, I suppose I'm picking one or the other, and I'm kind of just looking at the online depth charts and seeing Thompson is listed slightly before. Um, I often confuse the two. So, you know, I think that is because neither has done anything specifically to stand out from the other. And I don't know. I would like something to be excited about on the defensive side of the ball that's unexpected because many, many great teams over the past several seasons have found a piece in the secondary or in in the defense that was a little unexpected. I think he could be that piece. I'll say let's let's cut Darian Thompson. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe that Maurice Linguist would cut Donovan Wilson, considering he coached Donovan Wilson at Texas A&M. Ah, fair, very um, good, astute. So let's do that. Donovan Wilson makes his team. Darian Thompson, they're cutting another Boise State guy. He's cut Luther Kirk, Illinois State product from Garland, makes this fifty-three by C.J. Goodwin, by Darian Thompson. Out with the old, in with the new. I like it. Um, Okay, so there you go. There's our 53, um, our portion of the 53. We kept six linebackers, the exact same six that they kept last year, but look out for Azur Kamara and Francis Bernard, two undrafted free agents. And then we kept 10 defensive backs. The biggest surprises might be Daryl Worley and Luther Kirk making the team over uh, Darian Thompson, C.J. Goodwin. All right, so one final question for you, Roy, before we head out here. Now, did you amend – I apologize if I sure. missed this. Did you amend their defensive line to add – Woods and we made our picks adjusted to that, or did we make our picks based on the nine they gave us? Yes, we made we made it. We we picked sixteen players, not including Antoine Woods. Okay, good. So yeah, so we okay. most likely are going to have to borrow from somewhere else, and yeah. perhaps Luke Gifford doesn't make this football team. Yeah, but Luke Gifford what, or maybe maybe Thompson. Yeah. Um. All right. So Wilson, Cowboy Wilson, rather excuse me. The Cowboys have um, Cowboys have a little bit of money left. They could, as we mentioned before, cut Tyron Crawford, add another $8 million. I mean, is there anybody, Roy, you're right now you're interested in in terms of free agency that's out there? Oh, yeah. Well, if you can bring Everson Griffin in here, I'm all for it. I'm sorry. You, you said it before we started the podcast. I just – Jadavion Clowney, I don't I know they can finagle the money around to do it, but based on the situation that they're going to be facing next season, where the salary cap is likely to go down significantly, um, I don't think they want to play around with money. And they can't really play around with money on a one year deal for Jadavion Clowney anyway. So right, I right. don't think that's in the cards for the Cowboys. It's just not a very Cowboys move to do yeah. something like that. Everson Griffin, sign me up. Sign me up. I'd be in on that. Um, might hurt one of these young outside pass rushers. Uh, Bradley and A. 
I suppose, could could be on the outside looking in as a result of that addition. But I would take a run at Everson Griffin. I don't think the Cowboys are thinking in those terms. I think if they're looking to add anything positionally, it would be in the secondary. How about Logan Ryan? Uh, I mean, I saw a lot of Logan Ryan with the Tennessee Titans um, as that was the team that I was a childhood fan of, and I still uh, follow them fairly closely. And I just don't think Cowboys fans would be all that impressed by what Logan Ryan brings to the table at the cost that he is demanding reportedly, which is upwards of $10 million. I don't think the Cowboys would be willing to shell that out at the position. And if they were going to shell more than $10 million out at the position this off season, then they should have done it with Byron Jones. So I think everything you just said right there is accurate. He is in the market for a one-year deal at 10 million. Um, now I know when I mentioned Logan Ryan, people will say, well, he's a slot corner. And so you already have, you know, you already have multiple slot corners at this point. And I just don't care because he's better at that position than anybody else you have in their roster. Like I'm not going to not sign a guy because, well, he's a slot corner and I already have guys in that position. Okay. Well, he's better than the guys you have. Um, I, I you know, I, I'm, this is a guy that, that can take the football away. He had four interceptions last year. He didn't the previous couple of years, you know, those, those he did not have, but over the course of his career, he's got 17 picks in seven years. Um, you know, this is a guy that can also play up the last scrimmage. I mean, he's, he, he, his eight and a half sacks last year, last two years with Tennessee. So the way in which the, the Titans used him, you know, they, they were getting him after the quarterback. So eight and a half sacks last two years, 17 interceptions over the course of his career. Oh, there's some defensive linemen that don't have that. <laughs> right. On this I team? Mean, he, he is – he's a smart player. He is – he's a good leader. Um, I think he's the type of player that I'd, I'd love to have on this football team. I don't care that they already have other slot corners. I'd be willing to pay a one-year deal. I mean, if it, if it basically says cut Tyrone Crawford and that opens up $8 million in cap space, then I could sign Logan Ryan. I'm, I'm doing that. Oh, you'd um, make I'm, that trade out. What? You would make that trade out. You'd yes. trade Crawford. Yes. Ryan. 12 times out of 12 times. I mean, without question, I'd make that trade out. Now, I'm also interested in Jadevian Clowney. That, that is a little bit more in terms of the – Y'all got to drop this thing, man. You got to drop this dream, <laughs> pipe dream, okay? God, it's like everybody that needs a, everybody that needs some free clicks on their YouTube page. Yep. Let's throw up a video about Jadevian Clowney. It is not happening. Probably not. You're right. But it is not happening. So a guy that's not going to cost you nearly as much. I mean, Clowney's going to cost you one year, seventeen million. Right? That, that's what it is. He, he, I bet he, he, by the time he signs, I bet he drops somewhere closer to like fourteen or fifteen. You know, he he yeah, reportedly to this point. What? He reportedly turned on a deal for the Browns one year, fifteen. So I I don't know if he's like like if he's okay with not playing this year or what. But um, that stipend, take that loan. I would 100% be in on Logan Ryan at one year, 10 million. Um, I would, because I think I need more leadership and more guys like Logan Ryan in my secondary at this point. Um, all right. That's Roy White on Twitter. I, I do think that uh, to, to round things out there, I, I do think they will leave a spot vulnerable in the secondary for an addition. Yeah. I whether agree with that. Whether it be in free agency or whether it be 
from another team's roster somewhere. The guys that got cut. Yep. Well He's, said. All right. Um, once again, Roy Williams. Roy, Roy, Roy Williams. I, I think I've called you Roy Williams multiple times now on the show. Roy yeah. White. Uh, the the other R dub. Williams is so. It's <laughs> like fifty of them. Uh, two that played for the Cowboys, one that has a rule named after him, and then, of course, the North Carolina head, head basketball coach. Uh, um, Roy White on Twitter at rdub3. Uh, I'm Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. Of course, you can follow us on YouTube as well at those same pages. And, of course, thank you very much for checking us out here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not yet already. And, of course, make sure to tune in each and every day for other great coverage here on blogging the boys this has been broadcast the boys roy leave the people with something training camp is here baby football is back get excited it can't possibly go wrong to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 